Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other. And we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message. Good morning, River Valley. Happy Father's Day. Everybody doing good today? Man, I'm so thankful uh, to see you guys, and I'm glad that you are here. I love, uh, I hope that you got to see on the way in Sasquatch and get some uh, beef jerky. So if you didn't, make sure and get a picture on the way out. And I just, I love that idea that when our staff came up with that, I was like, that was brilliant. So fantastic, fantastic. So we're going to continue in our series. Uh, so we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 today, and for... Uh, for our, our church, we try we want to be intentionally uh, multi-ethnic, and that means learning through cultural differences. So for me, uh, my Spanish-speaking friends have told me multiple times, you are killing the name of this sermon uh, series. Uh, you are killing the Spanish part of this sermon. You're, you're, it's just, it is horrible. It is horrible. And so, and uh, you know, most of my Spanish-speaking friends say, and God speaks Spanish. And so you're just, you got to work on that. So I've been working on it. All right. So I want to do this uh, uh, for Father's Day, I've been really working on my pronunciation. I want to do uh, a good job of this. And so uh, we're start, or we're continuing today in our sermon series. And our sermon series name is Christian con carne. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm getting good. I'm getting good. I, I'm a natural. I uh, picked right. I picked it up right away. It's just not. It's just not been a problem. I mean, it's just it flows. It flows. And so, if you didn't see that, I just want to make sure that you saw and really kind of picked up. So, it, it, what's the name? It's Christian. Con carne. So there, yeah. So uh, if you now, if you liked that, you're gonna love it at the end of the sermon because Millie Vanilli is gonna lead us in worship. So it's gonna be awesome and a fantastic Father's Day. So, so uh, what I want to do today is uh, I hope to encourage you in the same way that God encouraged me in December. Uh, in December of this year, I was reading through uh, 1 Corinthians for my own personal Bible study, and I came to the passage of Scripture in verse 15 that we're going to use today, and it was encouraging. I felt the Lord, man, thank you, Jesus, for just showing me this, for encouraging me with it. Uh, I just walked out of the, uh, my prayer time that day really and truly encouraged, and so uh, I, I hope that you experience that as well. Too many times, I think, on Father's Day, uh, we, we kind of get on to dads like, you're just not doing enough, you're not perfect. Well, yeah, uh, you know, you know, God the Heavenly Father is perfect, and uh, and we have some degree of, of His grace in us. And so, I want to encourage you today. It's like a really fun, uplifting. In fact, I just titled it uh, Father's Day Motivation. It's I, I want you to walk away feeling motivated and good, but also equipped from the Word of God uh, as a father. And it really has application uh, regardless of where you are in your life today. So, First Corinthians uh, chapter fifteen, uh, verse. 9. 9 and 10, just two verses today. He says, For I'm the least of the apostles, not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, 
I am what I am. And this grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any one of them. Yet not I, but the gospel of God, the grace of God that works with, that was with me. So Paul says, I want to give you a testimony today. That's what he's doing. He's, he's assuming or this church knows his testimony, but he's saying, here's where I am and here's how I got here. And here's my encouragement for you. And so Paul starts out and he says, I am an apostle. I am an apostle. And when you understand the background of Paul's life and his testimony, then you also understand this incredible principle that I love, which is this. Your history is not your destiny. Your history is not your destiny. Regardless of what is in the past, whether others put it there or you made decisions along the way, that does not have to completely erase or shape where God wants to take you in the future. Your history is not your destiny. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And if you will follow that, then even the mistakes of your past or others that were perpetuated on you do not have to send you in a direction away from that. Your history is not your destiny destiny. So Paul says uh, several things that I thought about in, in kind of breaking this down even further in the history part. So I wrote what I, I called history pitfalls. History pitfalls are the ways that, that you would think about your history and maybe be tempted to think, well, this, this keeps me from God's will in this way. So the first one that I wrote down was circumstances. Circumstances of my upbringing or the way I was raised or who my parents were or where I'm from, can, you can think, can keep me from where God wants me to be. Paul is the ultimate example of this. Now think about it. Jesus is walking along the earth. He's got sometimes thousands of people following him, but an inner group probably of 100 and of those, an inner inner group of 12. These are the 12 apostles and he spends special time with them. He trains them when he goes to his death on the cross and then, and then the resurrects and then ascends into heaven. He's now got the leaders of the New Testament church, these 13. They walked with Jesus. They followed Jesus. But a little later, Paul is uh, not a believer, is not one that followed Jesus at all, and he's persecuting the church. And the Bible says that God struck him down, God blinded him, and God, once he uh, forgave him, he sent him on a new path, and he said, now you're an apostle. Paul becomes the 13th apostle. But think about being at like a, an apostle's retreat now. You've got the 12 guys who were there with Jesus, and like, I remember when Jesus did this, I remember when this happened, and, and Paul's like, nope. I don't remember that at all. I wasn't there. Man, his circumstances are not near as advantageous as the other 12. But the Bible says he is an apostle. He has a new calling in Christ. Your history does not have to shape your, or does not mean that's your destiny. And that includes the circumstances, the ways you were raised. You say, well, you know, if I'd only accepted Christ when I was a, a child, or if I'd have been raised in a Christian household, or if I'd get my, gotten my education, or if I wouldn't have wasted these years, or all of these things about the circumstances of your past, they do not have to shape where God is taking you in the future. Jesus Christ is bigger than that, and his grace can overcome those things in your life. So even if your pedigree is less than what you would want, be assured Jesus has a plan for your life. Now, the second pitfall is what I call choices. Paul says, not only did I not have the advantage of walking with Jesus, but when I was out on my own, I chose to persecute the church. 
He chose to persecute the church. Now think about that for a second. Paul was there when the first Christian martyr, Stephen, was killed, and he was, he was giving acceptance to this. Paul is putting Christians in prison all over the New Testament world, and he's persecuting the church even to the point of death, and God forgives him and sets him free and makes him an apostle. What's weird to me in Christianity is that we can believe that God can use Paul even though he was a persecutor of the church, but he can't use me because I got a divorce. He can't use me because I partied in college. He didn't want to use me anymore because my bag, and man, I made some bad choices back there. And I'm really struggling with some of the consequences. Man, Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for your sins. I truly, truly can help you walk in a brand new relationship with God. And so if you come in today with baggage, with bad choices, with things of the past, then Jesus wants to deal with those and forgive those, but they do not have to preclude you. And here's the big question for you today. Do you really believe in total forgiveness? Do you really believe in total forgiveness? Because it's not like Jesus just says, okay, I forgive you, but you're going to be a second-class citizen. He says to Paul, okay, I forgive you, and you're going to be a leader of the church. God's forgiveness is total in such a way that he takes that sin away from us. So if you've made bad choices in the past, well, Paul would say, well, get in line. Man, welcome to being a Christian. It does not have to be all of your destiny. Your history is not your destiny. Number three is comparison. Comparison. Can you imagine, Paul, he's saying the least of the apostles, like there's this, there's this hierarchy but we know that you know the first part of the book of Acts really centers around the leader of Pe- the leadership of Peter. But from there on, in most of the New Testament, is Paul's leadership. And we can look at people sometimes and say, "Well, I'm not as far as them," or you know, I compare myself to them, and boy, they they're doing they're doing so much better. They're, I just wish I was this, or I wish I you know was that. I wish I was this kind of job and not the the kind of job I have, or whatever it is. And we compare ourselves to other people. I remember I went to college and, uh, with, a, with a guy who became a famous preacher, and he's known all over the country. I had a lot of classes with him, a uh, great guy, and I remember uh, knowing this guy. I mean, you know, we were just kind of in the same boat, and I remember when River Valley was big enough, we were maybe like 100, 150 people. We were big enough to send me to a conference in Atlanta. I was like, man, we are, we are doing it now. I didn't have to get on a Greyhound bus. I got on a plane, man. River Valley paid to fly me out in this conference. So I was like, who's arrived? Yeah, Church 150 right there. You know, like, you bet. You know, I even, I even you know, supersized my Big Mac. I mean, I, we were like living large. And so I went, and I remember I saw this guy uh, walking through the airport, and I was like, oh, he's at the same conference I am. Pretty cool. I mean, huge conference. Like twenty thousand people in this in this arena, and then uh, the opening night, I see I open up the brochure, and he's the the featured speaker, and I was like, okay, all right, maybe maybe we're not the same, all right, yeah, you know. But let me be honest about like my personality. He's up there preaching, and I'm thinking. I could do that. I'm better than him. All right, and so that's just my own. Like, if you don't think that way, well, then you're weird, man. I mean, you, you know, so, so anyway, so he does a great job, everything. And you can compare yourself. You're like, oh, my gosh, you know. He's speaking to 20,000. I got 100. Woo, you, you, you know, and, and, uh, and, and you can compare yourself, and you feel like you're not doing as good. 
you feel like, well, man, I, you know, I'd really be something if I had his opportunities or whatever it is. And then a few years later, I saw him on a, on a television show and his head was shaved. He always had a full head of hair. And uh, not that I'm jealous, I'm just saying. Um, and, uh, and, and he had a huge scar on the side of his head where he had brain surgery because he had brain cancer. And it was debilitating and it was an incredibly hard recovery process. And all of a sudden, I didn't want to compare. Because let's be honest, besides the hair loss, even though I have not done great on health, man, I am healthy. I mean, God has blessed me tremendously with genetics. And yeah, I don't have a biggest church as him, but I also don't have cancer. Be careful with your comparisons. Especially we compare this part of their life and we say we want this versus all of their life and what God has given us. Let me give you some other words to write in your notes for this comparison. Write down the word envy. Write down the word jealousy. Write down the word covet. Covet means I, I desire theirs. So much so sometimes that I wish they didn't have it. And then write down the word ingratitude. Because see, so many times when we compare, what we do is we say, I want this, I envy this, I'm jealous of this, I'm covetous of this, I want these things. But then we don't say thank you to God. We're in, we're, we have ingratitude and we're not thankful for what he's given us. And he's given us so much, so much. So be careful of those pitfalls. They're the ones that are going to put you in a place where you start believing that your history and what you've done and where, where you are, that that's just going to shape you in the future in every way possible. And Jesus is an overcoming God and he can help you to be overcoming. Now, the second part of that, let's talk about destiny for a second. What, where, where, when Paul uh, accepted the grace of God, what happens? It says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Paul says, God's grace came into my life, and because of that, it, it changed me. Something, something is new and different. So I want to be careful here that when I talk about your history is not your destiny, I'm, I'm trying to say, like, for those of you who feel like your, your, your past is an anchor, that God can release that. But sometimes I think what people can hear is, it doesn't matter. God's just going to forgive me. I can kind of live however I want, you know, because God's grace is just going to, oh, God, I sinned again. He's like, no, nah, no big deal. Yeah, you know, I just had to kill my son. Uh, that, and and you're, you think that way. So be careful with that because here's what happened with Paul. When Paul, when the grace of God came into Paul's life, Paul's past was forgiven. Therefore, he had a new path to be chosen. His past was forgiven, absolutely, but he got on a new path, and that was chosen for him. God said, now I want you to be an apostle. Now I want you to be someone who does the will of God. I want you to lead the New Testament church. And so make sure that you understand, okay, God's grace has forgiven me to overcome my history, but then there's this, there's this change that happens with grace. He gives you new desires and new calling. And, and uh, for fathers, they think about those, uh, for those of us who are fathers in this room, what all he's done for us. Man, think about the different roles that you have. You, you're a believer in Jesus Christ. You're a Christian. He has chosen you by the grace of God. You are what you are. He chose you to be a Christian. Come in. It's the, the, it's the picture of adoption. I love that picture. If you, if you were adopted or you have adopted a child, it's a picture of the gospel of Christ. Man, because you chose that baby or that, but you were chosen by someone. And that's what God says he does for us. He chooses us. He brings us out and into his own family. We're, we're a Christian. 
Secondly, man, we're a husband. Man, now listen, men, I'm gonna tee you up for an easy win, but I need you to listen at this moment, all right? I'm, I'm helping you, okay? But I can't help you if you don't listen. So God gave us uh, our wives. Aren't you glad God gave us, God gave you your wife? There you go, there you go. Some of you did not cheer, did not clap, did not hoop and holler. Your fault, not mine. All right? So you got some, you got some explaining to do. All right? And so, you know, you're like, you're what? If your wife is a note taker and sat down her pen and went, all right, <laughs> I tried to help you, okay? Man, you're a husband. You don't deserve your wife. How great and how wonderful God has given that to us. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Man, you're a father. Today is Father's Day. What a tremendous privilege those th that is to be able to pour into your children, to be able to be a dad to your children and to lead them and to train them and to teach them. It's a wonderful, wonderful place. Don't ever take it for granted. By the grace of God, you are what you are. His grace made you a father. Man, he made us a worker. Your job is important in the kingdom of God. I think, we're, I think we lose this sometime in America. The American dream used to be that you could start wherever, work hard and live well, and that you could provide and have a great life for your family. For most young people, the American dream has morphed to maybe you can become so famous and rich that you don't have to work yet. Everybody knows you and watches you. Man, that is not a good dream. It's not a good dream not to have a job, not to have something that your labors produce in the world. And don't ever think to yourself like, well, what I do is not important. I'm not the leader. I'm the brand new guy, uh, you, you know, at the job. I'm not the, I'm not the boss. I'm the, I'm the low man on the totem pole. God uses that in very specific and necessary ways and is not unimportant. I got a lesson for that this week. Um, Mel's uh, grandmother, we had a family funeral. Mel's grandmother passed away. She was 91. She knew Jesus. So, so you, you know, it was, it was a little bit more of a, of a, of a celebration. Uh, but the pastor of the church, it was, I was on staff. All of their family went there. So pretty well known and all of that. And, uh, but the pastor called me, the leader of the church called me and said, hey, I'm not going to be able to be at the funeral or help participate because I'm, uh, I'm going to be out of town. I've got a, a, a trip planned. No problem at all. No problem. Like, I'm a preacher, okay? We got this. She was 91 and knew Jesus. You, you know, like, we're good, okay? We're, 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 we're fine. We don't, we don't need the, the leader of the church to be there, actually. You're, you're kind of unimportant. No one's going to miss you at all, all right, to be honest with you. So he's a friend of mine, so, you, you know. And, uh, and, and the, that's fine. That's fine, all right? But let me tell you who was there and who was very necessary. Some of you grew up like me. And let me tell you what, at a funeral, you do two things. The first is remember, but then the second is a reunion. Because there's lots of times you don't get all that family together very often. And so you want to go and spend time in old Baptist church, old West Texas Baptist church. You go to the fellowship hall. And if it's a really good church, 
all of these old women cook you lunch. It was fantastic. Uh, they cooked us lunch. I mean, in fact, you know, like the service was like, hey, she's in, she's in heaven with Jesus. Let's go eat. I mean, that was, it was awesome, you, you know? And we went and ate. And I love like, I love old school. I miss that about like our church. We don't have that. Uh, if you want to cook for me to make me feel better, that'd be awesome. Uh, but, but we don't have that. And so, man, they were all this, all this food. And we just sat around and had as much as you want and then had some more and you're like I didn't know they had that dessert I've already had three let's yeah you know that kind of and there was a lady in that in that room that when I was on staff there 20 years ago now she was doing the same thing because 20 years ago she was in her 70s now she's she was 91 serving us lunch and her, her name is Flossie. She did a fantastic job. She's just as caring and just as wonderful a, a, as always. And we didn't need the pastor, but we needed her bad. And she made all the difference in the world. And we sat around as a family and talked about, you know, who we hadn't seen in forever. Got to see some new kids that weren't, you know, extended family that we didn't. It was wonderful, wonderful. Look, I don't know what you do. But when you don't understand that what you do matters in the kingdom of God, then you are short selling how God placed you and wired you and wants you to use that platform for his glory. Don't do that. Don't look around and think that you're unimportant or that your job doesn't matter. It does. And then the last role I would say is just remember that man, you're a friend. You're a friend and you have lots of friends. And if you're new to River Valley, man, get plugged in. It's a wonderful place uh, to meet friends. But think about all these roles. You're a Christian, you're a husband, you're a father, you're a worker, you're a friend. Think about those roles. Those roles are positions of privilege. Those are positions of privilege. By the grace of God, you are what you are. And the positions that he's put you in are positions of privilege. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave me these places. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave me these things and you put me into these positions. So what am I supposed to do with that? What am I supposed to do with these positions of privilege that God has placed me in? Now, this is for Father's Day, but all of us have these. What, what are yours and where has he placed you and what are you supposed to do with it? Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am, but I worked harder than any of them. Paul says his grace covers me and sets me free, but now I work harder than any of them. In the areas that God has placed me in, I work hard. I learn and do well. And so, so God wants you to work hard. So your history is not your destiny. Let me show you what is. Your decisions determine your destination. Your decisions determine your destination. Paul says, God's grace forgave me of my sins and my past history. And God gave me this position as an apostle. And now I'm making the decision. I work harder than anyone. I work hard at what God has given me. God's grace doesn't mean that you just sit back and everything becomes easy and convenient. No, it means that you will dive in to being a dad, or you dive in to being a husband, you dive into being a worker, whatever your job is, to being a Christian, to being a friend. You learn, you grow, and you, you, you expand in those ways. You've got your decisions in that moment. That's what's going to determine where you end up in, in life. God's grace. And here's Paul. He's the, I mean, they're talking about him all the time in the New Testament, and he's saying, I'm working hard. And so what I want to do today uh, in the last couple of minutes is I want to give you uh, three really important 
habits, how to work hard in these areas. And you can apply these areas in any position of privilege. I'll use Father's Day for some of the examples, but three really important habits that if you will plant these into your life. In fact, my, uh, I told my daughter the other day, she's about to go, I, said, I was like, man, if you'll make these decisions, like your life will, ch- I mean, she, she already doing some of my, uh, not that, but radically makes such a difference. So, I mean, I think there's lots of things that you could say, but I really tried to boil it down. If you were to start somewhere, here's where I would start with these decisions. Number one is pray. Number one is pray. You need to learn to be a person of prayer. I'm not talking about, I pray as I go along my day. I pray. That's fantastic. And that's actually biblical. Nothing wrong with that. I'm talking about, the Bible says, very early in the morning, Jesus got up and went to a solitary place to pray and then went about his day. If you will learn to be a person of prayer, true prayer, then I can't tell you what it does. About 10 years ago, this really became an emphasis for me. I, I struggled with, with having a morning quiet time. I was kind of back and forth uh, until the fires. I got really serious uh, about it. And I'm just trying to, be, to learn how to be a person of prayer these, these last 10 years. And about five, three years ago, somewhere around that, I, uh, I bought a bunch of books on, on prayer. I mean, I've got like quite a few books. I'm reading another one uh, right now on, on prayer. And, what, and let me tell you, they've been helpful some. They've been helpful some. But you know what the best thing I ever learned in prayer was? Is Matthew 6, praying the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6, praying the Lord's Prayer has changed my life. Because it talks about your daily, uh, what's going to happen that day. Almost every day as I'm praying on my list, I will write on my whiteboard. Got this meeting, doing this, doing this. Even when I come home, I got to mow the lawn, uh, you know, or, or whatever. It, you know, I got to do that day. Just, and I will just kind of list out those things. And I will just give that to the Lord. Lord, if you want to change that, that's fine. Lord, if you want to empower me, got this meeting, this. And I'll just go almost, it's been life-changing for me. I can't, I can't stress it enough. And I get it. Some of you fight against that because you're like, oh my goodness, wake up earlier to pray. You, you know, like I already get up earlier. I already, you, you know, I'm already so busy. I'm a dad. I got kids, uh, uh, you know, and, and all these responsibilities at work and everything. I love what Martin Luther said. Martin Luther said, I am so, I have so much to do today that I must pray an extra hour. I love that. Here's the leader of the Reformation. He's the reason that we are the type of church that we are today uh, outside of Jesus and Paul. He's one of the big, big ones. And he says, I'm busy. But when I spend time with Jesus in prayer, my life opens up in ways where I couldn't do it in a million years. And Jesus does it for me. Learn to pray, man. Learn to pray. It's fine to start out and you're like, I'm not very good. I don't know how to do it. Start. Read Matthew 6 and don't pray the Lord's Prayer. Don't, our Father who art in heaven, don't do that. It tells you not to do that. Learn the sections and what they mean and how to pray through those sections. It's life-changing. It truly, truly is. Number two, so the first word is pray. First habit is pray. Number two, write down the word grow. Grow. Too many of us go into our areas of responsibility and we just kind of accept what is, how we were raised. Maybe my dad did this. I'm going to be a little bit better than my dad, that kind of thing. Uh, and just, just do that. You've got to learn how to grow. You've got to learn how to learn. Now, you guys know me, if, or if you know me very well, 
I am a nerd. I love being, like, I, you know, I have a sticker in my office that says nerdy by nature. I'm a nerd. Uh, if you are a reader, I am a reader. If you talk to me about the type of books you read, and uh, if they're kind of the type of books I read, I will take you into my office, and we'll sit there, and we'll nerd out together. It is awesome. I'm telling you, like, I love my books so much. Sometimes I'm like, look at my books. Uh, there's my family over there, but look at these books. I mean, it is I get that like a tear in my eye. I love books. I love, I love having them. I love reading them. I love it. I love it. I love it. I have a lifetime goal of reading 3,000 books. That's my, that's my lifetime goal of reading 3,000 books. And, and because of that, sometimes people will hear me talk about growth, and I'll be like, I read all these books on prayer. I, right? And, and it, that's true. But, but then you'll kind of zone out because you're sitting there going, you know what, Cody? I always sort of like inherently knew I was uh, better and cooler than you, but now I'm for sure. And so you're like, I'm not going to read. I'm not a reader. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. But you've got to know how to grow. You've got to learn how to learn. And we live in a day, I mean, Mel and I, we used to, when we were traveling, man, we would always give the first hour of our travel together, that first windshield time when you said, man, we would, we would download a podcast. In those days, we would download a radio show right, on marriage or on, or on children or something. You know, we would listen and we would talk about it. Man, re- learn, uh, listen to podcasts, watch YouTube. Learn how to learn, but learn how to grow in whatever position of privilege you have. Man, God puts you there, but you've got to grow to really and truly reach your potential. So just because I talk about books, like if that's not your deal is actual reading, that doesn't excuse you from this principle. You've got to learn how to learn. You've got to grow. You've got to grow. What you have, even if what you have is sufficient for today, if you want to grow, it's not going to be sufficient for tomorrow. I tell our staff all the time, growing churches are led by growing leaders. What are you reading? What are you learning? What are you doing? And that's what we need to do. So, so learn how to learn, grow in your faith, and grow in all those areas, man. Learn how to be a good Christian. Learn how to be a good past, uh, um, father, husband, uh, uh, just those type of things. Number three, write down the word plan. Plan. Too many of us just walk into our lives and whatever happens just kind of directs us over the course of our lives. Plan, plan. Let me, let me give you a cool example. Who, uh, let's, I'm gonna see who the youngest, not, not the, like the, the newest, I guess the youngest would be kind of awkward, uh, the, the newest father in the room. Uh, so uh, anybody have a, any dads in the room six months or younger in their children? Raise your hands. Six months or younger. No. Oh, there's one. Anybody else? Let me see your face. Oh, nice. Okay, nice. Okay. All right, so I'm going to use you as a cool example, all right? So this is going to, like, I'm going to speak to you. So how's your, uh, how's your baby? Four months. Nice. Give him a hand. Woo! So, all right, so... Mm. So this is the way this is the way planning works for you, okay? So you got, you got four months. So let's... Uh, so eight, 18 years-ish from now... Uh, right? You don't know what God's going to do with them, right? So you don't know even what that next step is going to be. Is it going to be, uh, you know, college or vocational school? Is it going to be job? Is it going to be military? There's, I mean, you, you have no idea those, those things. But here's what you do know. Here's what you do know is that that moment will come. And I want you to picture you and your wife, you're dropping off this four-month-old baby 
18 years from now, let's kind of round up for ease, 20, 20 years from now, in the early, I said in the early service, I was saying 20 years some and two decades some, but I mixed it up once and I said 20 decades. And uh, one, one of the dads comes up to me and goes, that's what it feels like. <laughs> so, so that's coming as well. That's just a bonus. Uh, so, so. But, but you're going to take this baby, and you're going to drop them off at the airport. Now, you don't know where they're going next at this point in your life. You, they're, they're going to college, but you're dropping them off, and you're, you're leaving. They're getting on a plane, and they're going away. So here's the big idea of thinking, uh, excuse me, of planning, and write this down. You need to think forward and plan backwards. Think forward, plan backwards. So what are we thinking forward? 20 years from now, 18 years from now, you're going to be at that airport. And you're going to drop that kid off one way or another. That's you thinking forward. Now, once you have a vision for what that moment should be like, that you feel good about that moment and what they should do, you feel, okay, this is what I want them to know. This is what I want them to be. This is what I want them uh, to think like. This is what I want them to possess. These are the, the character traits. These are the skills. These are the things that I want. And you've got this big idea. Now you can reverse engineer that thing back. So that you can be like, okay, this is where we're going, but we have a long time to get there, and I don't want to get off track along the way. So I'm going to start planning out step, easy. This is easy when you do it this way, progressive steps to do that. Think about it. Some parents get wigged out when their kids get 12 because they, you know, they, they need to have the, the, the sex talk with their kids. Well, listen. If you're 12 years old and you're going to throw the entire sex talk to your kid at one time, it's going to be long and awkward. I mean, that, you know, you're just like, hey, we've never talked about this at all. Let's talk about everything. All right, oh, good night, right? That's, that's overwhelming. But, but you, you have an idea of what you want this, this four-month-old baby to be uh, as far as sexual purity, as far as what God has planned for their lives. And so if you just think of a step Along the way, instead of a sex talk, you have sex talks. You have just like one little extra thing along the way, and it's easy. I mean, it's a very natural step along the way so that by the time they're ready, they've got it all. In every area of their life, this is important. But you've got to have a plan. Now, we all know people that didn't do this, and their kids turned out fine. I wouldn't chance that. I mean, that's grace. Thanks, thanks, Jesus. But, you know, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, uh, right? But, but <laughs> they're probably pretty hungry when they do. So, so instead, let's plan. Let's, let's do this better. Let's, this is what I want to end up. You ought to do this in every area of your life. You can do it a year. You can do it a decade. I mean, what do you want? from this thing that you're doing, this position of privilege that God has put you in in the next 10 years? What does that look like? And how can I, once I get a clear vision for that, this is the way to, to this moment, this is how you speak to God and sometimes he'll whisper into you something you didn't know about yourself. Oh, it's good. It is so good. This is where he tells you, here's what I made you to be because you're starting to think. And then, and then you begin to plan back and then you just begin to work that plan. Is it gonna be perfect? Or are you gonna forget? Or are you gonna go off? Absolutely. But I can't tell you how, um, how much the Holy Spirit works in this 
and how much he uses this kind of, of thinking to be like, God, this is what I want to be for your glory. And I think this is what you're calling me to do. And you begin to plan it off and you just, you see it. And sometimes you, you don't feel it every day. And then all of a sudden you kind of feel great progress at once. So learn how to pray. Learn how to learn and grow. Learn how to plan and make plans for your life and your future. And watch what God can do. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Yet I worked harder than all of them. So I want to invite you right where you are today is to bow your heads for a moment. And some of you, so we just kind of reflect on this sermon for a second. Some of you, your history is not your destiny, but you need the grace of God. But by the grace of God, that's the problem with where you are right now because your history is your destiny because you don't have the grace of God. The grace of God is what intervened in Paul's life where he got saved, where he got on board with God's agenda for his life. And that's what salvation is. You say, God, I didn't, I didn't do this right. Jesus, I, didn't, um, I, I messed up. Everybody needs that part. Nobody hit, nobody's perfect. So you can ask Christ to forgive your sins. The Bible says that he died on the cross for our sins and that he was buried and on the third day he was raised from the dead. Ask for the grace of God. All of us, even if you're saved, ask God's grace into your life. Say, God, would you give me grace? Because without grace, this is just one more sermon of a lot of things that you need to do. That's hard. But Paul says, because of the grace of God, I did these things. It, like, it was the energy, it was the propeller that moved him forward. And you get no sense, even when Paul's writing and he's in prison, you get this no sense of like, oh, such a burden. You get this sense of, oh my goodness, I can't believe God's using me in this way. This is fantastic. This is wonderful. The grace of God is that propeller in your life. So ask for God's grace right now, every one of us. If you need God's grace to forgive you, of your sin, confess those sins to God and then tell Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Forgive my sins. Don't make a bargain with God here. God doesn't need us. We have nothing to offer him. He possesses everything. He is completely self-sufficient. But what God does want is a relationship with you. So I ask Christ to forgive you. Some of you with a past, you know, I, you know, guys, you guys know I, I have that. Thank you, Jesus, that I don't have to, that doesn't put me on the sidelines. Thank you, Jesus. Now ask God, Father, help me. It, how's your prayer life? Man, it can, it will get better. It really and truly can get better. It's just a practiced, learned thing. Day by day, moment by moment, waking up, spending some time with Jesus. Opening up Matthew 6 and reading, Our Father, you are in heaven. Holy is your name. Praying those words out to God. Ask him to show you how to grow. If, you aren't, if you're not growth-oriented by nature, you're just kind of resting on yesterday. Well, that's going to take you as far as you are right now. And he's got some other things for you. Ask God for a vision, for a plan. 
even Paul says, my goal is, I mean, it's, it's okay to set goals. It's Christian to set goals. Hey, God, show me what you want. Help me to look forward to the future. One year out, 10 years out, show me what you want me to be. And then help me to make a plan for that. Father, we thank you and we, for Jesus and for all that you've done for us. Amen. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.